Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hello and welcome to the first edition of Spin the Rally Pod in 2023. It's fair to say that this is not the podcast we hope to be bringing you. Obviously, today we're going to be talking about the sad, the tragic loss of Ken Block in a snowmobiling accident on Monday. America lost potentially its greatest ever driver, certainly its its greatest ambassador for rallying, uh, and a family lost their husband and father. Uh, it's, It's an absolute tragedy. Joining me today is... Colin Clark and George Donaldson, both of whom knew and worked with with Ken closely. Uh, and I guess, chaps, we we just have to to start with that, don't we? It is on a fundamental family level. It's an absolute tragedy. It's an absolute c- c- catastrophe for for the family, of course. Um, I mean, Ken was just uh, he would light up a room. In my experience, I didn't actually ever really work with Ken. Uh, obviously, I was around him on on a few rally events. Uh, the, my first meeting with him was was in uh, um, uh, at, at the Pikes Peak hill climb when it was still gravel. He 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 was doing it alongside Travis Pastrana, and uh, I remember thinking, this guy's you know what, what's he going to be like? It was before he'd done any of the Jim Carna stuff at all, uh, and I met him beforehand, and he was such a lovely guy, uh, David. Um, and 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 I realised straight there that I mean he was he'd been a rally fan since he was a young lad, and he'd you know struggled to find magazines and articles and videos. I mean it was really you know before the advent of the internet, giving us lots of information. He struggled with it, but he was a major rally fan. He went away and made all his his fortune, and then came back to rallying slightly older, but incredibly enthusiastically. And he was just a just an absolute rally fan as dyed in the wool as anyone that you'd ever get in UK or Europe, you know, um, just fantastic and most unusual in America to find that. That's for me, that was, that was the thing with, with Ken. I, I feel I've told this story a, a fair amount in the last couple of days. You know, we inevitably, when you get these tragedies, the phone doesn't stop ringing and you talk and talk and talk with people. But for me, Cole, you know, I, I've told you this story a hundred times that I, I did not want to interview Ken Block the first time that I that I that I spoke to him, and it was Derek Dauncey who is was was Ken's team manager, and I'd known Derek for a lot of years, as we all had uh, as as team manager at Mitsubishi and what have you. Uh, and Derek said, "Come on, you know he's a, he's a good guy. He's he's interested in rallying, but you know from the outside you saw the gold tooth, you saw the the big Ken, um, and I thought, you know what what can this guy know about rallying?" You know, he lives on the wrong side of the pond. He doesn't, he's not European. What on earth can he know? And I was absolutely stopped in my tracks 
we talked and we talked and we talked. Um, and thankfully, on and off for the following 15 years, we didn't stop talking. Uh, and he became a really, a really good friend uh, and somebody that I, that I would always look for. Uh, and again, another story that the last time I saw Ken, I was in Ohio last year for, for the ARA round. Uh, I, I think I was talking to Derek actually this morning, to Derek Tornsey, and just we were just talking about recollections as you do. Uh, and the first time I saw Ken in that Southern Ohio weekend was he was at Park Expose on the night before the, or the, on the eve of the sort of the first stage. Uh, and he was walking away from me. He was sort of 100 yards or so down the sort of service park area. Um, and I actually ran to, to go and catch up with him because I hadn't seen him for ages and I wanted to chat with him. And as I was running down this thing, you know, Colt, you know me better than anybody in, in terms of rally. I don't do a lot of running these days. And, and I just kind of caught myself on and thought, there are not many drivers these days that I would run to catch up with. <laughs> yeah. uh, and it was great. You know, we, the minute we saw each other, it was, it was as though we, we hadn't been apart and we were just straight back into it. And you're right, George fundamentally he was a proper proper rally man um and knew all of the nuts and bolts of the history of the sport uh and he was a, he was a great guy in terms of of an interview call he was fantastic form wasn't he yeah he really was he really was david and, and do you know what i just like to go back to what you said at the very start that he, he was very much a family man as well and i think i think that when you you know, when you're you're hit by by this kind of loss and and you realize how much it impacts you, you then have to think, well, actually, there are so many others out there who are suffering so much more than we are. And you know, he was a bit unusual in in how much of a family man he was. You know, don't forget that he brought his whole family with him when he went rallying. So much so that his wife and his daughter uh, very much got involved in rallying and and are very very good rally drivers themselves. And you know, I think it's 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 probably quite reasonable to say that Ken, all that he did in his family, all the success that he had in his life throughout his professional life with DC Shoes and then his sporting life uh, with Hoonigans and, and and beyond, it was all done for his family. And I and I and I always feel, uh, you know, at these terrible terrible times that, um, you know, I I just can't imagine. I really can't imagine uh, what they must be going through. But but you know, you're right. I mean, he was a, a magnificent magnificent person to talk to and uh, George I, I'm trying to think you the first time that you met Ken you mentioned there um I remember the first time I I, I really met him uh was at the McRae stages the memorial sadly for Colin McRae um and he came along with Travis Pastrana uh, and he was I think a mark one it was a mark one mark uh, works escort wasn't it David that you ran it, on that it, event it was actually a mark two and mark do you know two. who that mark two belonged to Cole uh, Steve Rimmer, I guess. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> but but I remember walking into a pub, a pub in Schoon. How do we call it, George? Is it Schoon or Schoon? Schoon. 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 Yeah. Walked into a pub in Schoon, and uh, I was with... Uh, You're with me. I was with, You're with um, me. I was with you, but I was also with um, Greg That's Strange and Greg Strange's daughter. And Greg Strange, this is convoluted, Greg Strange's daughter's boyfriend, who was very young, about 16 uh, and we walked into this pub, and there was an awful lot going on in the pub. Uh, a few teams, a few people around. There was a big table in the corner, and it was it was Ken and uh, and the team sitting in the corner having a few drinks. And instantly, the minute we walked in, both Ken and Travis jumped up and they came across to us, and we shook hands. We said hello to them. Um, and this kid that was with us, a sixteen-year-old, was 
honestly, his jaw was practically on the ground. Uh, and once they'd gone away, I said, do you know who those two guys were? And he said, look, I, I, you know, I, I can tell you who they are. I can tell you what they do. So he said, I've got both of their posters on the wall of my bedroom. And that, that is what, uh, you know, Travis Pastrana, and in particular, Ken Block did for our sport, did for rallying. They took, and Ken in particular, he took rallying to a different generation, to a different audience, to an audience that hadn't seen rallying before uh, and, and, you know, got involved because of what he was doing in the sport, not what he was achieving in the sport in terms of results, but what he was doing in terms of making things exciting. And he, he was a very special guy and, and he, he made you feel special when you talked to him. You knew you were talking to an international superstar and he really was more so than, than, than the sports stars. He was a superstar an entertainment star, but he made you feel, uh, feel special. It, th- there's no doubt about it, Cole. You know, that uh, I got the, the, the call about this, this terrible accident uh, at almost midnight our time on Monday night. Uh, so Ollie, my son was in, was in bed. Uh, and I then went downstairs and, and wrote lots of pieces, lots of words uh, and prepared everything for, for the website. Uh, and then Ollie came straight through this morning um what is he's now allowed his phone in his bedroom probably a mistake uh but he knew immediately he knew because he'd been on social media and he was absolutely distraught mm. you know here was ollie a 14 year old who would wait who would hang on every minute of every Jim Carner video mm. you know knew exactly when the mustang was first used and when they were in san francisco and when they were here and there and it, it, you're totally right colin he he Sometimes it really frustrated me that that people didn't understand what Ken was about. You know, they would look at his results. You look at his results in WRC and when he was there in 10 and 11, you know, he made some top 10 results, but he wasn't in the top six. He wasn't winning stages. He wasn't doing, but that wasn't what it was about for Ken. Yes, he he absolutely pushed like hell to be as competitive as he could, but it was actually about spreading the word, spreading the word of DC shoes, spreading the word of monster energy. And he did that like no nobody else in the world could do that. And I, yeah. I remember it. And he was very competent, David. Uh, he was a very good driver. Make no mistake, very hard for any half-decent rally driver in any part of Europe to get into one of those world rally cars and do what Ken did. Uh, he was a very good driver, just not, not world-class, but very close to it. And, and on rallies, George, that he'd never seen before. Yeah. Yeah, you know, completely no experience, no experience, no, absolutely, you know. just having, and that's what that's the very essence of what rally is. Absolutely. It's a normal car that anyone can jump into, and you can go and compete against the world champions. Can't do it in Formula One. Can't do it in sports cars. Yeah, probably can do it in Paris Dakar. Yeah, but well, you probably could, George. But you know, <laughs> I think you could. Yeah, I, I do remember at the time, as you say, David. What was it now? Ten or twelve, thirteen years ago, when he was in the WRC. Uh, you know, I do remember feeling a, a little bit annoyed at some of the criticism that was thrown Ken's way because, mm. do you know what? No, no matter what else he was doing, he was living the dream. You know, he 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 as George said, you know, he was an absolute rally fanatic. Uh, didn't have money to go rallying. Built the most incredible brand. Sold it for a lot of money. Then built another incredible brand. Uh, and and he was paying for everything he was doing effectively. Through his brand building, he was living the dream. He was doing something that everyone would, uh, every rally fan, um, would give their right arm to do. And and you know, at the same time, um, he was doing things uh, for for a marketing pur- purpose. 
for a commercial purpose and, and achieving an enormous amount through it. So, uh, yeah, it was it was a little bit bit unfair, some of the criticism he got at the time. But, but you know what? None of that would have affected Ken Block because he knew what no. he was doing. He knew what he was achieving, and he was achieving a no. whole load more than the vast majority uh, of other people competing in the sport. And, and in terms of the, the the goals that he was setting himself, he was far more successful than anybody. Um, and a lot of that success, we have to say, came through the the, the Jim Carner series uh, of, of YouTube videos, which I, I did make a stab at trying to add up um, a ballpark number. It, I mean, it just runs into the hundreds of millions. Uh, there are so many mm. views on these things now. And obviously now that people are re- returning to them, watching them again, uh, and another frustration from me was, was was that the people that would sit there and say, ah, you know, he's just doing a handbrake turn. He's just drifting a little bit. My goodness me. I, I was lucky enough to do two Jim Carner style events with, with Ken, um, both of them in London. And both of them, we were donutting around solid concrete blocks and you could barely have got a credit card between the front bumper and the concrete block every single time. It, you know, and then he would get out of that car and go and do it in a fourteen hundred horsepower Mustang. I, I'm sorry, you know that takes that style of that precision style of driving takes a huge amount of skill, uh, and and can have that. He was he was, a, he was a good skilled rally driver, and you know we've always said that rally drivers can just about we think they're the best in the world. That that's our business, and and we think that our rally drivers are the best in the world. And there's Ken out there proving it. Yeah, you know, do you know what? And he, absolutely. I think if you know anyone who's um, involved in, or anyone who, who <laughs> I suppose it's everyone that looks at social media on a regular basis, will have noticed their Facebook, their Twitter, their Instagram feed full of tributes today to Ken Block. Uh, and I've read a few of them, and one in particular from Chris Harris, who presents Top Gear, stood out to me, and he said that Ken Block redefined the way that car videos are made, redefined the way that cars are used. To market products, and he was absolutely bang on with that. He did redefine it. You know, the Jim Carna series was absolutely <laughs> groundbreaking. It was absolutely groundbreaking, and you know he didn't just do it once. He didn't just do it twice. He continued to reinvent. He continued to make it fresh, to make it appealing, uh, and and it was phenomenal. And, and and Chris Harris was absolutely right. He did redefine the way that car videos are made. It's it's, it's something that um, that. Your kids will go back and watch, like you, David. My my thirteen year old um, was sending me texts uh, first thing this morning, saying, "What's this all about? What's going on here?" Um, your kids will be watching those videos in awe, in awe of the skills for years to come. And it, and it's great, you know. We look our generation, perhaps not not we weren't there when the when the film first came out. Certainly not to appreciate it, but a car chase or or an action scene through the center of San Francisco was about Steve McQueen and Bullet for us. Not anymore. You know, it's about Jim Carner 5 and Ken Block now. Um, it, 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 it's incredible. And yeah. that global popularity and that global appeal that he had was, it was phenomenal. That it, it, wherever we went in the world, yeah. he was mobbed. It was, it was, I tell you, George, remember the very first rally I did with you, uh, overseas rally, was Mexico. Remember that? that and you ran the, ran the barbecue at the little... Uh, the tire changing place at the side of the road. We couldn't yes, get the, the barbecue to light. Um, that's right. It yep. wasn't that one. It yep. wasn't that one. It was the Too year high. after that. It was the one. Sorry. It's just coming back okay. to you. It was the one up by the. Exactly. The one on the rubbish exactly dump. Exactly that one. Now, yeah. we turned yeah. up first thing in the morning. 
Uh, and it was there were maybe eight or nine, ten cars. Can't remember how many, but but Block was one of them. Maybe ten cars. Ken, ten, ten was yeah. one of the cars that was there. Um, and there, were, there was no one there. It was on the edge. The service area was on the edge of a rubbish tip. But then the strangest thing happened. And it was, it was like a scene from The Living Dead with people just appearing, appearing from the, the scrub, appearing from the direction. <laughs> honestly, David, honestly, and coming towards the service park. And I'm looking around, and there are quite literally hundreds of people making their way towards the service park. I'm going, what, what's this all about? And someone said to me, someone said, well, the news has got out. I think, what, the news that George Donaldson's here has got out? No, the news, the news that Ken Block is here has <laughs> got out. And by lunchtime, uh-huh. there were thousands. There were thousands of people in that service area. And you could hardly see the Block and Pastrana service area for the number of people. They'd heard he was there. They'd heard Pastrana was there. And they came out from the local town. And, and that, as you say, David, was the appeal. In Mexico, he was bigger than any of our rally stars. No question about it. But I've told you that story, Col, about where the cars came back and they did the stage in, in Leon that was actually in the service park. So, oh, and, yeah. But obviously before that stage, there was, a, there was a, a, an arrival time control, which was kind of in the back streets. Uh, it was nowhere near the main entrance to service or anything like that. Uh, it was tucked away. Um, and as the cars had come down from, I don't know, Guanajuato or somewhere, they'd obviously got a little bit of time uh, and figuring out that it would be better to go and talk to them before they went into that short stage rather than waiting for them to do the mile long stage and then talk to them after it. I trotted up the road, found where they were, waited, spoke to Ogier, spoke to Loeb. There were a few people kicking around. And then, like you say, Ken arrived uh, and the people just came out of nowhere and they just. This was a a sort of suburb area, as a suburban area. So they just kept on coming. And I was chatting away to Ken, and we were getting pushed and pushed and pushed. And in the end, he and Alex had to jump up and sit on the roof of the car <laughs> because they were getting crushed against the car. Wow. Uh, it, I mean, that that's my first story from Mexico. The second story is just a legendary Ken story from, from Mexico. From when we were, we used to go into the, the service was inside, uh, in the Polyforum. Um, and obviously spectators were around inside the polyforum uh, and there were toilets uh, around the sort of perimeter of this of this it was a big exhibition center there were toilets around the side there uh, and obviously the drivers um, th- there were no porta loos for each of the teams but the drivers would just sort of jump over the fence and dash into the public loos um, and I think we were, we were having dinner or something that night and, and I was asking Ken how he was getting on and and, um, and he said oh just incredible fans incredible and then he said i had a a a real moment today i jumped over the the fence and went into the toilet uh and he said i was standing (laughs) at at the toilet doing my business he said you know when you're just aware that there's somebody behind you he said i looked over my shoulder and this guy was taking a photo of me actually at at the arrival (laughs) and 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 this this great line from ken that i will never ever forget so I was absolutely splitting my sides laughing. And Ken just deadpan, just looked and said, yeah, that was a fucking first. <laughs> <laughs> and it was just priceless. And, you know, he was the most engaging, great guy. Uh, and a, a man who always had time for the fans. So again, in Ohio this year, he won the event, finished the event, and almost immediately had to go to catch a flight to go and test 
the Porsche that he was using for Pikes Peak. Uh, Derek Dauncey had the, the, the car to take them to a private plane running, literally waiting for him, door open. Uh, and Ken jumped out of the car, did a very quick interview for Dirtfish, obviously, and then was running across the grass with Derek. And he saw this young fella who'd obviously been waiting and he stopped. Uh, and he stopped and he wouldn't go until the, the young lad had his autograph, had his pictures with him, and then he went. And you just think, Lovely. actually, Lovely. that's that's what Ken Block was all about. He knew that his brand yeah. was built on massive support uh, and he was always there for the supporters. Uh, it is, it, yeah, it's, it's going to be a very, very difficult season uh, for, for ARA. We know that Ken was coming back. We know how much he wanted to win that American title. Um, and he yeah. came so close, you know, arguably, okay, Seminook and him scored four wins each, but Ken scored more fastest stage times. He, he led for more stages. For me, last year, Ken was mm-hmm. the cream of the ARA. Yeah, he really was, David. And, and he, he, again, you know, when Ken Block was competing in the ARA, the, the presence, the, the, the value of the ARA stepped up a level or two, didn't it? You know, the interest yeah. in the ARA always stepped up a level or two when Ken was there. So you will know, be greatly missed for many reasons, won't he, in North America by the rallying community. And, um, ah, you know, he came so, so close this year, so close to the title. It's, you know, looking back, it's, it's such a sad thing that he didn't get that one title. Yeah. Hey, Colin, I, I, I think t- titles yeah. are, are, are one thing. It's the, it's the impact that, and, and the, the legacy of your own absolutely, uh, impact George. on the sport. And the guy, the guy was absolutely a magical rally fan. He was a great presence in our sport. His, his, he was a winner through and through just by his very participation. So a championship crown, all very nice to have that on the mantelpiece, but but honestly, it not getting it oh, for me takes away not nothing no, from absolutely. the guy's impact, his legacy, and the lot. You know, I, yeah. I, I know you'd feel the same, but uh, yeah, I mean, I, I do feel that yeah. it would have been lovely for him to have won it. But actually, you know, he 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 was a winner anyway. Just but his, his the very fact that he could even compete that you know he set his target as a young man. I want to rally, but I need to do it right. He went away and built a business for you know. 10, 15 years, came to rally relatively late by the time he got into a car and then just, you know, set his targets and went about everything methodically and intelligently, but still with that massive passion. You know, the guy's just a winner through and through. And and to my mind, you know, okay, you know, he's not a Sebastian Loeb, he's not a Marcus Gronholm, he's not a Colin McRae, but somehow he sits with those guys, in my view, in, in a place in rally that, that uh, he has a worthy position in the legacy of our sport. And that is the real value of what he's done more than any championship title. I, I think the guy was brilliant. And I love the fact that he, he decided to step up to a world rally car. You know, they're probably not the most fun to drive. They're probably not, the, I've never driven one for years and years and years. They're in a rally that you don't know very well, very challenging to drive. Uh, and he chose to do that and, 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 and thoroughly enjoyed it. Now the guy's legacy yeah, is solid. Agree and strong mm. and, and well, different and worthy. Very, very word, worthy, George. I mean, you say he's no Seb Loeb, he's no Seb Ogier or Marcus Gronholm. Mm. Uh, neither of the, none of those drivers were a Ken Block, were <laughs> adversely. Yeah. So, so, exactly, so, yeah. exactly, Colin. But, yeah. but the other thing I'd just like 100%. to mention is that, you know, um, we as a rally community are, 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 you know, are 
really struggling with the news that came out today. But, you know, it's not just the rallying community, is it? You know, my, my, my brother's very much involved in the skiing community and Ken Block was his biggest star um, in the skiing community with his DC Shoes brand as he was almost in rallying. And, uh, you know, they, they felt it as well um, across the, the skiing communities, across the Alps, and I'm, I'm sure, sure in the States. They, they felt the loss because Ken was very much a hero to a lot of those people too. Uh, and I think, I think you know, that's the other thing. He, he was a hero, a hero to young people. And he was, he was, he was someone that inspired young people. He, he inspired them you know, to, to, to achieve. He inspired them to go out and, and you know, if they have dreams, to go out and to work out ways of achieving those dreams. You know, if, if, if you're not the greatest rally driver, if you're not going to be picked up by a manufacturer, well, there are other ways. You know, go out, do your very best in life, do your very best in business, and, uh, and you never know. You might get an opportunity to drive a world rally car with Sebastian Oban, with Sebastian Ogier. He was, he was a guy that inspired young people um, right across communities, rallying community, uh, the winter sports community, the extreme sports community, the motoring community, inspired people across mm -hmm. all those communities. And, yeah, it's a sad, sad day. Yeah, well, I, I would I would like to think that his legacy w will live on with 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 his wife and his daughter. I know his daughter is super keen on rallying, uh, and and is is showing great promise. And I, I seriously, I know it'd be far too soon to talk about anything like that, but I do hope I do hope that his legacy is his family's continued involvement and growth and love for the sport. So there we are. I think we've just about said it all there chaps you know ken was one of a kind he he really was some some incredible kind of guy and i suspect we won't see the like of him again sadly fortunately he's left us with some some amazing memories of what he did and what he could do with a car and it's just all that is left to be said is just that our hearts go out to to lucy to, to leah and to the whole family uh, and to everybody you know, like you said, Colin, on social media, we've seen some real outpourings of, of absolute adulation uh, and appreciation of, of what Ken Block did. He will be very, very badly missed. He was, uh, he was one of the very greatest of, of great guys. I love to do it. I love to go drive and enjoy it. It's still a dream come true since I was a little kid to be able to go race in the WRC, so I'm going to appreciate every minute of it.